Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here on the show. On this episode, I have a great interview for you with Erin Knight. In case you don't know, she was a huge part of setting up the A3C conference. She's the manager of Kayla Mitchell, No Big Deal, What Up RG, amongst a lot of other things that she's involved with. And so we talk about her, um, you know, what she's been doing in the past you know, year and a half since we actually did our last interview. And I'm going to try to have that show uh, in the show notes. You could check that out and go back and listen more of her beginnings in the industry than what she's been doing here lately. And so, but yeah, we uh, she shares a ton of great stuff in there. So make sure you stay tuned in through the end of this episode. Before we jump into the interview, I do want to thank Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Make sure you go ahead and check that out. Jay Sandin, LT, uh, two great up-and-coming music artists who have been doing their thing. And uh, so check them out. Their links to their music will be also in the show notes and True Strength Apparel. And, uh, and also, really quick, just want to shout out TrackStars, man. TrackStars Podcasting Network is uh, what this show is a part of. And I just love the fact that they are helping people boost and get some recognition for their hard work. So shout out to them. Make sure you hit a trackstars.com and find out more about what's going on there if for some reason you have no idea who they are. Which, if you listen to this show, you probably do know, but just in case. Just in case. So yeah, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Aaron Knight. All righty, welcome back to another interview here on the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I have a returning guest. I uh, was glad to be able to get her back on the show, Butter P. Uh, she kept saying, you got to get this lady on the show. And I said, well, I've had her once, but I'd love to get her back because, one, she's done some major things since she's been on the show. Uh, but two, a lot of people didn't hear the first one. So we do have a whole another episode giving more details about your background. But uh, But I have with me... This week on this show, Aaron Knight. How you doing? I'm doing good. That's like an audacious introduction. I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the first one, honestly, I think the first one, see, one of the issues is when you start something and you get really yeah. great interviews and stuff at the beginning, doesn't have yeah. any traction yet, so people don't really get to hear it. They, they miss it. Uh, yeah. So I had a lot of great interviews at the beginning of you know starting this podcast. Uh, and now your like, show is popping. So well, I don't know if I call it popping, but it, it has consistent <laughs> listeners now. Um, yeah. That and Track Stars has been a huge elevation platform for it. And so I'm very grateful. And I'm grateful for you taking the time to do it again. I know you're busy. Uh, and so, but I don't know if, if a lot of people know who you are per se. Uh, people from behind the scenes know who you are. Chad Horton gave you a huge shout out on the Track Stars uh, podcast, <laughs> radio show. Uh, oh really that's crazy i gotta listen to the interview so um so yeah so just in general let people know like what it is you do and how you got started into that area so like i can give you a handful of disclaimers before that too i think like i'm very grateful that a lot of people don't know what i do uh because the nature of what i do attracts a lot of people that i'm not necessarily uh <laughs> willing or wanting to just get involved with just yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of happy that I'm clandestine. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the business side, I work in management, 
Um, I guess I haven't quite figured out this elevator pitch just yet because it just keeps expanding. Um, but my short answer is that I work in management. Um, because of management, it's led to me producing shows and events in the Atlanta area. Uh, that led to me building tours. Uh, so I build tours now for a lot of different artists, including mostly the ones that I work for. Um, and I'm also a tour manager for a lot of people's favorite artists. Um, and then in addition to that, I liaise with brands to, uh, to help them get in front of the right audiences and things like that. And so uh, that's led to me working with a lot of really, really cool, um, bigger brands. Uh, like I work with Airbnb a lot. Um, I work with A3C Festival. I just started working with um, South by Southwest, kind of, but that's through RMG. So like, that's kind of, I guess that's what I do, but um I'm like a creative middleman. So I guess that's the easiest way for me to say it. Creative middleman or middlewoman in your case. Uh, there you go. So who are some of the artists that you've worked with? Now, when you say management, are, is it all kinds of management or is it more primarily music management, artist management? Uh, so it's, it's, mm, it's artist management, but I just started getting into brand managing. Okay. So I managed my first hip hop artist that I ever managed was Caleb Mitchell. Um, Who just got signed to Def Jam. Which is a... <laughs> Shout out to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's so funny. Like when you say that, I'm just like, oh, dang, that did just happen. That's crazy. It's so crazy to me. I know. Whenever um, that, uh, when that Jesus King thing happened and you were like, yo, I just, I just text my, uh, was it uh, A&R guy at Def Jam? My A&R. And people thought I was joking. Like, people were like, whatever, you're just doing this for clout. Right. And I, like, Aaron Cole was just trying to be funny. But there was a <laughs> lot of people who were like, there's no way. And so then I'd be like, it's funny because I tweeted maybe 20 minutes before Kanye tweeted. Right. Like, hey, guys, we're trying to get the album done. But my A&R, he works in the clearing department. Um, so he's the one who clears all the samples and all of that. So they know what when stuff is scheduled. So even, like... I don't know. He told me a lot of insight and he was like, Kanye doesn't work on a traditional like release schedule. Literally Apple and Spotify are just waiting until he's like, okay, I'm ready. And they'll immediately pull the trigger. <laughs> so there's no like upload process, nothing like that. Right. So like, no, that was legit. Like I texted him and I was like, you said Jesus, I was on the West coast. So I was like, you said Jesus is King is coming out and it's midnight on the West coast. Like, um, what's going on? <laughs> and he was like, trust me, it'll be out before the weekend's over. So I was like, all right. And then it dropped like That's 20 minutes later. Answer. It's like 20 minutes. No, 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 no. <laughs> it dropped that morning. So yeah. it dropped like, it dropped, I think like four or 5 a.m. on the West Coast. So it, it was like eight or nine on the East Coast. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, so you, who were some of the artists? I uh, say so you said you managed Caleb Mitchell. And we talked yeah, about that like, in depth in the last interview. So I'm, I'm going to try to right. link that into uh, the show notes for this. Yeah, that was like, and let me not say the first hip-hop artist that I managed. I kind of managed one before him, but Kayla's my first real hip-hop artist. I started out in rock music. So, yeah, listen to that first interview so you guys can figure all this out. And then, so I started managing Caleb. Um, uh, I guess, who was next? It's, like, very recent that I started managing other people, too. So, like, um, I now manage uh, No Big Deal. Um, and then... I also manage What Up RG. That's also very new. Um, I started managing him 
during the St. Holy tour. Um, I was doing booking. So I'm more, I'm, I'm very focused on his booking, but we do a lot of like strategic stuff too. So I, I'm like, I'm his strategic manager, I guess. Um, and then I manage, um, a brand, uh, a grill brand, uh, like, you know, like gold grills, right, like, right. uh, there's a guy named Scotty ATL. He's like the grill king of Atlanta. So he brought me on his team to help him out with the music. And I was like, hey, man, like, this is something that you have here. Like, I know that you want me to, like, help with the music and I'll help with that. But you have an entire brand that we could leverage to building you into a brand. And so I manage him um, right now also. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there's uh, several other people that I work with uh, on other creative fronts. But uh, I try not to put all of that out there. Um, But those are the people that I officially Manage Caleb Mitchell, no big deal. What up, RG and Scotty ATL? Okay, so what are you know, you, you talk some about you try not to put yourself away out there to kind of avoid any unwanted connections, if for lack of a better phrase. What are some yeah. of the things that attracts you to an artist? And are you do, would, do you prefer reaching out to an artist or are you cool with artists reaching out to you? How, how does that work? I 1000% don't want an artist reaching out to me. Um, I feel like... Uh, now, is, is that because you don't want to have to shut them down? No, it's because what attracts me to an artist is so foreign that like okay. you reaching out to me may shut that off. Gotcha. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, So what attracts me to an artist obviously has to be like good music, um, but like uh, it's energy. Like... Um, like and not on some woo-woo, like, <laughs> new world universalism. Like, I have to be in the room with you and get excited. Like, it has to make me more energetic. But um, literally, my only litmus test for, like, litmus test for for wanting to manage an artist is your music has to give me chills. That's period. So, um, like... I reached out to Caleb via Twitter, like that's in the first podcast because literally I heard his music, Xavier Omar retweeted it, it gave me chills and I was not even into hip hop at that point. Um, like, it's funny cause even Dill, it started out as like a booking situation and it turned into like a little bit deeper than that. But what gave me chills about Dill was like his dedication um, to what he was doing. He's so like, um, He just recently became independent and has such an understanding of what that implies as an artist. And like he was so focused on not slowing his momentum down. He was so meticulous about I don't know if you've seen this album rollout. Lowercase tape drops literally tomorrow night, really tonight at midnight. So shameless plug. If you're listening to this tonight, go stream lowercase tape. But like his promo for it has been crazy. He's invested in himself so much as an artist. Things like that give me chills. I like really liked a handful of his songs to be completely honest but then i heard lowercase tapes and i was like this is the craziest music i have ever heard from this man it's probably some of the coolest stuff that you will have ever heard in the christian hip-hop space like hip-hop is gonna like it do you know what i'm saying like hip-hop flat out is gonna like it it doesn't have to be only in the christian hip-hop space so phenomenal um chills for 
RG, RG is a different breed. I don't know if you guys know anything about that man, but he's a business who happens to have his outlet as music. The dude thinks so differently. He's 1000% a creative. So even just talking to RG about like his passion for creativity gives me chills every time. Like I've been meeting with him in a few hours and I'm just so excited because like he's like, he makes me zealous. Like he sets my heart on fire for the business side because he has creative dreams that are basically unachievable, but I can see them. Oh, wow. So I just like when he speaks, like I see like a piece of heaven opening up. Like I know that he's tapped into like, like God's like creativity, like no joke. Like that kid is so, and he has such a heart for people, like such a heart for people. Unfortunately, his um computer and everything just got stolen. Oh, wow. And yeah, his, his car got broken into. It's all this crazy stuff. And so we were going back and forth. He really wanted to start like possibly a GoFundMe, but he's really nervous because he's like, I just got off a tour. What people don't know is that he donated all of his money from tour to immigrants. Mm. So it's just like, um, but we have some things coming up. Literally, we're supposed to be dropping new merch this this weekend. So hopefully that'll help us get his computer. But like, he's just like, hey, like people don't understand how much he cares. Like, I, I promise you, like, I can't even describe it. Like, he's he's such a caring and like, he's just a beautiful human. So I love him as a person. And that's another thing. I have a personal relationship with everybody I work right. with. So it's not like business for me. I couldn't care less if you are like, a cool rapper like are you a, a good human being and and do you care for people and the same with scotty scotty like he's an atlanta legend like he's only a few years older than me but he was huge when he was like a teenager and in his early 20s so i like literally grew up listening to him and so when i got involved with him it was literally a dream i could not believe he asked me to manage him and then just his personality it gives me chills being around him because he just said <laughs> He's such a funny human and such an interesting human. So I don't know, like I have like a bleeding heart for everybody I work with, but that's the type of passion that I want to take into management. So it's not a transactional thing. So somebody pitching me on Instagram makes no sense to me because I see management like marriage. Like I have to be dedicated to your long-term success, even if I'm not going to be there. And that requires me to be in love with you as a human. Right. I know you said recently, and I'll be honest, this is what prompted me to go ahead and send you an email because I had it from previous. Uh, you said, you know, it was, it was a tweet or something. You said, you know, people say, check my DMs. No, I will not do that. Oh I will not do that. Only email me. So literally on Instagram, <laughs> my website is in my bio. So if you just click straight on that, the first page takes you to a spot that says, ask me anything. So you don't even have to fill out a formal email form. You could just text right there and it'll shoot me an email. Like super simple. If you do that, I will respond to you because that shows me that you respect me. Like I'm from Atlanta. Respect is a huge thing. And so like, I just don't like how people feel like because we're on social media and you follow me, therefore you have access to me. Mm, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. that's not a thing. Like you're not about to DM Barack Obama. Like granted, I'm not Barack Obama, but I think there's just like a lack of respect when it comes to like social media. And so like, I just don't answer my DMs. Like I don't. And people, that tweet was prompted by somebody who literally 
was commenting on all of my pictures, check your DM. Wow. <laughs> and like, and it was so annoying, right? Because I just kept deleting his comments and I wasn't checking my DM. And then finally I read it just to see how obnoxious it was. They said they were kind of connected to somebody. And that's the thing. People think I don't do my due diligence. Like I'm not here because I'm, I'm stupid. Like that's not a thing. So the person that they said I was connected to, I immediately reached out to them. I'm like, yo, is this your person? And they were like, uh, I kind of know them. And I was like, just because you kind of know them, I'm going to respond to this. And I was like, hey, can you email me? My email's in my bio. And this person was like, oh, no, you hit me with the fan response. I just didn't reply to that because I'm like, it has nothing to do with fans. I don't have fans. Like, literally, (laughs) I'm a business. Like, I don't understand that. But, like, I think it's so disrespectful Mm. for your assumption to be that I'm going to keep going back and forth with you on Instagram. Like, you have access to text me. Because then people start being like, well, I saw that you saw my, my, my message. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. like, I don't do read receipts even with my text messages. Cause I feel like I don't owe it to you to respond to that, but I don't know. I'm so particular. I literally have seven emails and I respond to every one of them every single day. If you email me, you'll get a way quicker response than DM. Right. Right. And, and, and it's the same, even in the media platform, like, you know, I have, you know, I work with track stars for music submissions and Solomon's Porch. I, I handle stuff over there. And it's like if mm. you, you know, whenever I tell you to go to the website and send, you know, submit your music the proper way, I'm going to respect you more right? as a business person. Uh, if you it's just, like a gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't just mass. And I, and I think everybody agrees. I think, you know, Rapzilla Wado, I, mean, I can't speak for them. But I think everybody agrees when you send me the same exact email as you send everybody else, oh you didn't gosh. value the time to just send it the way you're supposed to. You know something else that kills me? People will email me and they'll be like, hey, bro, like, you're killing it, man. Da, 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 da. I'm like, wow, you didn't do any type of due diligence because <laughs> I'm a woman. And like, so, and it kills me when people spell my name wrong. Right. My name is in almost all of my email addresses. Yeah. So even if you like, if you got my name from like Caleb's email form or like he has a different email address than Dill has. And then RG has his own management email address. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's, there's so many like places that my name is like, just add the extra in. If you add the extra in, I'm actually more prone to be like excited about entering right. your email. Like, <laughs> like that one in, I'm just like, uh, but if you like bro me, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, yo, like, you found my email on Instagram and you can see my Avi in all of my feed. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's such a weird situation. Right, right. So let's, um, so real quick, you know, I, I don't want to take up a whole lot of your time. Uh, so real quick, talk about what it was like, because you said a little while ago, like you just hired an assistant. I did. So this is kind She's of phenomenal. A, I mean, it's, it's not, I want to say it's a random question, but definitely kind of a different change of pace of the conversation. What was it like hiring an assistant? Um, how did it feel? And what did you look for? And did you know what to look for? Um, yes, I definitely knew what to look for. So funny thing is like literally all 2018, I've been tweeting. I can't wait till I can afford as an assistant because the pace of my life has been crazy for, I'd say a couple of years, but I just, 2018 was just accelerating. Um, but I've been poor all of 2018 also, like literally at one point had three part-time jobs Mm. in addition to doing music. Um, it, it was crazy. And like literally 
yeah. So it's been a crazy journey, but I'm literally at the the point where I can afford an assistant. And so like, uh, during St. Holy, that's when it just got so crazy. Like, because that's when I started managing, I was on the St. Holy tour. I was producing it and had just started managing RG's bookings. And then I started managing Dill and Scotty and Caleb got signed the week before. Mm. So like, I was up to my ears and paperwork. Like my lawyer will only do so much. You know what I'm saying? Like my lawyer is like, I'm not a paralegal. Like you're the manager. So like up to my ears and paperwork. Plus I was like advancing all of the shows. Producing a tour is way different than being a tour manager, but I was both. You know what I'm saying? And then it, yeah, it was, and I, being a tour manager is like being a mom. I was, it was crazy. So I literally texted my best friend and I'm like, I really want to hire an assistant. Do you think I should do it? She was like, you should have done it two months ago, but yes, definitely. And so uh, I go to a really phenomenal church and we are all in a group text, believe it or not. And it's phenomenal. I love it. Like who would have ever thought of it? But all of the members are in a group chat. So I'm like, if any place that I want to ask this, I'm going to ask in my church group chat. So I literally was just like, hey, guys, I'm looking to hire an assistant. It's only going to be part time. um, But does anybody know anybody looking for part time work? And I just kind of listed out a quick things that I needed. So I'm hella unorganized. So I needed somebody who's organized. I need somebody who's up late or up early. Um, And I need somebody who can handle like my random spurts of I need these 16 things done and not be offended that I wasn't like, hello, how's your day going today? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And not that I'm not a personable person, but sometimes it'll be like I'm driving and I have like this thought and I get to a stop sign and I'm like, hey, I need to get 15 writers re-edited or whatever. Um, so I put it out in my church chat. I had a handful of people message me like way too many that, than I expected. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. And then it's super weird. I don't know how it happened. Like people started tweeting me and I hadn't put it on Twitter. They're like, Hey, if you ever need an assistant. And it was like in the same week, it was super strange. Um, so there was a girl that I had met at my church. I hired her. It was awesome. At first I like, was on the call with her for like an hour explaining what I needed. Um, she started working and then we were in Toronto and I get a text and she's like, Hey, um, I think I've been off more than I could chew. And she just basically quits. And I'm like, no, no shade to her. It's cool. I just have a lot. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like I have a lot. And then I think she had another job. So it's just like, she was saying she couldn't handle it. So I had had a friend reach out to me right after I hired her and she works in music. She actually runs a podcast called Clean Ears. Um, And I was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, man, after she reached out, I was like, I wish I would have thought about you because you would have been perfect. You know my speed. You know how I think. So it makes like it eliminates some issues. And literally, I hired her and she's phenomenal. Like, she's so good. Like everything. She's amazing. Her name is Sarita. Shout out to Sarita. Thank you for being amazing. Oh yeah. Clean Ears is dope. Uh, they were part of the track stars podcast network for a little yep. while. Yeah. And so they're, you know, we, we consider them fam, um, yep. you know, in the track stars family. So, so you got an assistant now. Now I kind of want to backtrack just a tiny bit with the management. So with managing, like, you know, let's say, uh, like what up RG, how much do you have to work with reach records uh like when you're booking tours or things like that are there uh, like parameters and things you have to set and how many moving parts is uh is that whenever you're trying to book shows and things like that 
Um, so I guess with this situation, I had no, it had nothing to do with Reach this last tour. So like it was um, literally RG called me. Well, during Cannon's Home for the Summer Tour, he came out to one of the shows and then we all went out to eat after, which is like super normal, especially for Atlanta shows. So if you come to Atlanta, you'll meet a bunch of rappers at my shows. Um, but he came to Cannon's show and then we all went out to eat. And then he was like, yo, I'm really thinking about doing a tour. It's taken... Like, he's like, this has been attempted four times and it never worked out. And he was like, would you be able to help me do an Atlanta show? And so I was like, yeah, definitely. Let's talk about it when I get back from tour. But in my in the back of my head, I was like, Lord, please let him let me do the whole tour. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to just do the Atlanta date. And so I met up with him um, and I gave him a lot of ideas. And I think we were just kind of rocking. And he was like, do you think we could do Atlanta. I was like, man, I have connects in some of the markets that you're talking about. I was like, I think I can do the whole tour. And he was like, word. And so we talked it through in one day. And like two days later, we had like, we started booking shows. Like it was, it wasn't easy by any means, but it was something that I really wanted and he really wanted. And we started utilizing all of our connects. So most people don't know St. Holy was booked like two weeks before, like two weeks before the tour launched. Right. And then it wasn't fully booked. Like we were in Texas still trying to book the Midwest shows. It was crazy. Like Philly wasn't booked until like three weeks before Philly. We had tickets on sale and didn't even know where we were going to be. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Reach didn't have anything to do with that. It was just RG wanted to go on tour. So we booked that. Now that I like am working in like a creative booking management role, I'm more involved with them. Um, and so like, I actually have a meeting up there next week, um, just for his like 2020 stuff, but I don't tend to work with them much. Um, it's just kind of like me and him kind of figuring stuff out on our own. Right. It's interesting because I think, you know, obviously not, not every non musical person is going to understand how the industry works. Cause I think some people assume when somebody signs to a RMG reach records, God of our money, that the label takes care of everything. And, <laughs> no. you know, and I can't remember, there was something that Butterpiece said that, uh, that, you know, I just didn't know. I, I didn't realize that the label doesn't do this, that, or the other. Um, so, so speaking of labels, let's, uh, let's talk about the Caleb Mitchell signing. How did something like that go down? Was that you reaching out, them reaching out? How did that connection take place? Um, I approach bigger entities like I want people to approach me like I, I just let you come to us. So like um, the whole like if you build it, they will come is 1000 percent a fact. Um, so it's crazy. Shout out to our A&R Jason Perilous. Like literally I tweeted about him, Instagrammed about him like at two o'clock in the morning night before last. And I was like, when I first met this, met this guy, I thought he was the feds. Cause he literally, um, it's so crazy. Like, uh, our A&R, our now A&R, like texted Anthony Cruz, which is one of Caleb's producers. And was like, Hey, I'm trying to get in touch with Caleb Mitchell. And he was like, same thing, like, who, we don't know who you are. And he's like, I work for Def Jam. There's there's this whole thing in the industry where people will lie that they work with major labels and or maybe they're like uh, 
A&R scout, which is basically an intern and they have no type of clout. They can't sign anybody. It's just like looking at people and they try to tell people they're A&Rs. It's just, it's super dumb. So Anthony didn't respond. Caleb gets some emails to his like dummy email. He has this kind of dummy email for people who don't dig super deep. Um, (laughs) So he gets a couple of emails to that one. Like, hey man, I'm Jason Pierlis from Def Jam. Like, I really like your stuff. He got, like, four or five of those. But, like, we've had conversations with, like, a lot of, like, Rock Nation, five or 300, uh, Empire. Like, I'm talking Atlantic, APG. Like, we've talked to a lot of major record labels. So this isn't, like, the first time that this has happened. So by no means were we like, oh, my God, this is happening. Because right. what we've learned in talking to them is that most of them just want to have a conversation so that if you pop, then they can come back and be like, oh, we discovered him. Right, right. They don't They don't care to move. They don't want to give you money. They don't even want to fly you to the office for a meeting. They want to get on the phone with three A&Rs so everybody's watching. It's super annoying. So I don't waste my time with labels anymore, especially major labels. Independent labels, I'm a little bit more open because you guys don't have as much time to be wasting, especially not mine. So, um, yeah, so he was reaching out. It got to the point that it was about three weeks in a row he was reaching out to us, but it wasn't to just us. He started finding the phone numbers of like people Caleb went to high school with. <laughs> he was like, um, it, like when I, that's what I'm saying. Like this dude was, <laughs> this dude was the feds. I was like, yeah, yeah. how did he, it was crazy. So it got to the point that this kid that Caleb hadn't talked to in years, sent him a screenshot and was like, yo bro, like somebody apparently from Def Jam is really trying to get in touch with you. When he sent me the screenshot, I was like, this is annoying. Let me at least stop him from harassing people that we don't even affiliate with. So I shoot him an email. I'm like, hey, man, I see you've been trying to get in touch with us. Like, I'm basically like, relax. I'm like, can you like stop emailing people? So we normally don't respond to A&Rs because it's not very like it doesn't really move from for us. But whatever. And he was like, can we get on the phone? And another thing I do, I play A&Rs to the left really hard because they waste my time. I'm just like, "Uh, I may be available in a week. And so he was like, can we get on the phone right now? And I'm like. No, and then he'd like he'd be like okay can we get on the phone tomorrow and i'm like listen bro i'll get on the phone with you in two days whatever so i get on the phone with him so wait did, did you think he wasn't in anr this whole time uh, or did you think he was and you just didn't want to deal with it i mean by the time i emailed him i had like googled him and there was nothing for me to find about him but i found him on instagram and it just had three pictures and it said anr at def jam which doesn't prove anything right, right. you know what i'm saying So I wasn't sure, um, but he had, when I, when, when in his email was an official UMG email, so you can't, uh, like that can't be fraudulent. So I knew he was at least an intern. Do you know what I'm saying? And looking at his pictures, he looked too young to be an intern. So I'm like, maybe he's a brand new A&R. I don't know. I just still wasn't like, this is anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, So we get on the phone. He's got a lot of like, he's like, yeah, and Caleb's the greatest. He's like super jittery. And I was like, cool, man. And he was like, I want to get you on the phone with the VP of A&R, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, man. So within a week, I'm on the phone with the head of A&R at Def Jam. And then within like 10 days, Def Jam flies down to meet me in Atlanta because I told them that we're not coming to talk. We're not having any conversations unless they fly us to New York. And he was like, that takes a long time to get things moving. And I was like, then you don't, you don't want us. I said, every label 
calls us, wants to have a conversation. I said, if you can get us a meeting in the Def Jam office in New York, then I'm gonna I'm gonna know that you're serious. So the head of the VP of A and R, Bruce, I love him too. He's a very funny man. He was coming to meet his lawyer who's in Atlanta. So he was already going to be in Atlanta. So Jason basically paid, like convinced the office to pay for him to come with him so that they could meet me. So I literally met them in that hotel lobby before he met with his lawyer. He was only in the in Atlanta for like 16 hours. Oh, wow. So it was crazy. So I met them and I actually really liked both of them. Um, but they liked me a lot. And so within, so I met them on like a Friday and they had bought us, they bought us tickets on Tuesday to fly to New York the next Friday. Like, and he, Bruce was like, I'm convinced. He's like, I get it. He said, we, he's like, we work with a lot of people who are duds. Their management doesn't understand the industry. They ask for way too much. And it was just like, he was just asking me like what we wanted, what we were thinking about. He really liked the music. Bruce loves Caleb's R&B stuff. Um, and then, Jason loved the hip hop stuff. So that's how it happened. We flew up to the office. It was just supposed to be for an initial meeting. We accidentally slipped up and started talking about like Billie Eilish liking Caleb. I told him that she played Get It. It turned into them sending that song to the Jets. The Jets wanted that song. Like, I'll let y'all in on a little bit of a story. Def Jam was kind of entertaining us, but because the Jets wanted the song so bad, um, Def Jam had to own the masters, so Def Jam had to sign us just so they could sell this song <laughs> to the Jets. So, like, wow. literally, it's the craziest thing. Like, I'm not telling everybody that, but like, that's like that's the work of the Lord. They were forced by the Jets wow. to sign us because the Jets wanted the song so bad, and and Def Jam has a contract with the Jets. And the thing is, the Jets already knew about Caleb. There's somebody in their office who like is a fan of him. So when they found out that it was potentially they could get a Caleb Mitchell song, they dropped the Def Jam song that they already had. And they were like, we want Caleb. So it was only three weeks to the Jets season started. So from the time that my A&R harassed us to the start of the season was only seven weeks. Mm. That's crazy. So it's crazy. <laughs> that It never happens that fast. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I was high-key stressed because I went to, I flew up in like, I guess like June yeah, I flew up in June to go meet Def Jam, and we were signed by, uh, like, I think August, August something. It was it was crazy. That's that, that's an amazing story. That's amazing. amazing. It's incredible that one song can really have that much power. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, well, I'm not saying it's just that thing. one song. I'm just saying, right. in this case. And here's the thing. It's like, it's a song that came out in 2016. Yeah. Caleb made that song when he was 16 years old and released it when it was se- he was 17. You know what I'm saying? He just turned 21. So it's like, <laughs> we we literally got signed to a major record label off of an old song. And that's like such a crazy, crazy, crazy story. I think what supported that and helped back it up was the fact that we had a really extensive, really great back catalog. Right, right. Yeah, that's important. Um you know, like everything you release, put all your, you know, put everything into. Right. Because uh, it's amazing that a song that's that's that old can. Right. It's aged well, too. Right. I won't say that we we weren't the most excited about that being the first release that they, they were like, we got to re-release the song. And we were like, uh, come on, can't you just sell it to them? And they're like, no, we got to re-release the song. And so, like, everything moves super slow in the music industry. So that song released and now we have to get in line. But which is why he dropped Helen back independently. But it's very like, I don't know, the music industry is so weird. They were like super excited. We just got it remixed um, and mastered again. And it was like, they were like, nah, this is it. 
Like even Paul Rosenberg, which is the craziest thing. Paul Rosenberg tweeted oh, about it. And yeah, I was like, yeah. crazy. Well, she's not even deaf. Is he deaf Jam affiliate? No, he is. He's, yeah, he's, but he's, he, no, no, no. He's the uh, head of Def Jam right oh, now. Oh, wow. Like wow. He, 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 sits in, he sits in the driver's seat. So um, he got, I guess he was working at Interscope, which is in UMG's office. Right. So he got moved over, I guess, like two or three years ago to Def Jam. So, yeah, like he's part of the reason we got signed because he walked, he came, he was in the meeting. Like when we had the meeting up there, they wanted to show it to Paul. Like nothing gets signed if Paul's not about it. So right, right. Paul seemed like he was into us, but we weren't sure. But when he tweeted the song, we were like, OK, he's into us. So for anybody who doesn't know him, I've been hiding under a rock for the past 20 years. <laughs> Rosen- and you don't listen to hip hop music. <laughs> Paul Rosenberg is 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 Eminem's personal manager and lawyer, like so, you know the guy who's responsible for Eminem's success partly. I and guess. started Shady Shady Records, yeah, you know yeah. Shady Interscope. Like, come on, that dude is a legend. So if you don't know, that's you know that 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 is incredible and that's an amazing. Uh, I remember a while ago, Caleb had I can't remember when it was. <laughs> But Caleb, he posted a tweet. He said, if Eminem writes a diss track about me, my features have gone up to a million dollars. <laughs> That's the, yeah, it's the craziest thing. It's so funny. That was hilarious. So I'm um, trying to think on how I want to go with this. We have uh, kind of limited time. But sure. So uh, so at this point uh, in, in, in your personal career, what are kind of the, the things that you're looking at, looking forward to next? Um, you know, what are you working on now as, as Aaron Knight or the Aaron Effect? By the way, is, is everything is everything sheltered under the Aaron effect? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> you see my shirt. Um, for now, it is. Uh, I'm branching out a little bit because I'm trying to again. I'm trying to really stay tucked away, um, especially being on the road with RG. That put me way out into the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, so I'm trying to like. Um, I'm starting to take my name out of some of the stuff that I'm doing just because I did it at first for brandability. So people were like, oh, this is like your resume. Now I'm kind of like, okay, my resume speaks for itself. Um, Not even just on the Christian side. I've been working um, in the mainstream market for way longer, you know, and um, it's like very cool, very amazing in Atlanta. So I think with the Atlanta stuff, I'll keep my name on it, but stuff that's um, has to do with Christian hip hop. I'm going to really start to step away from that. Like, face-wise but um yeah going into the new year uh i just really want all of my artists to super thrive do you know what i'm saying um so just putting systems in place to make that better for them um because i'm starting to work with artists that have more of a team um i can kind of sit in the place of like vision casting with them versus like tedious uh execution tasks you know what i'm saying um and then uh, I don't know. I just really want to stay innovative. I think for a while, um, I think that's what I won with at first is like just innovating and creating new ways to do things. Um, but then I started getting sucked into like the creation of systems and like trying to like make sure everything was floating. Um, but now I'm starting to work with a team of people that kind of help with all of that. So, um, yeah, it'll probably be lots more tours next year. I want to spend a lot more time, um, doing shows in Atlanta again. I pretty much 2018, I wasn't doing anything because I was on the road so much as far as shows. I think I've only done like three or four shows in Atlanta this year. So I want to go back to doing, I still want to do probably three or four, but I want to do them really big. 
I want to start doing more festival activations. I don't know, but I really want to start getting more into consulting, but not just consulting for artists. I do that. Um, I do that quite a bit, but um, I want to sit down with like, I want to start working with bigger artists and bigger brands. I consult a decent amount for labels now. Um, so that's, I want to get more into consulting. I really, really enjoy that. And then kind of like innovating on the spot and then teaching people how to kind of run with that innovation or innovate themselves. So I can't believe I almost forgot. Uh, one of the reasons I initially was going to talk to you, but the conversation has been so great. It almost slipped my mind. Uh, the A3C, how did, (laughs) so that was kind of a major thing. And, uh, and like I said, you know, Chad Horton shouted you out in the track star show. Uh, what was that process like getting that lined up? And that wasn't, right. It was shout out to Atlanta. So, um, I've been working with A3C since like 2015. Um, so that's like a, that's like a really strong, uh, that's something that I know every year I'm going to be a part of. Um, so like, an, uh, I started working with them by bringing them kind of like unique things. So like 2015, I brought them their first, like all band lineup. Um, 2016, I did like a unique, like, like new wave trap show. And so it was like, it's crazy. Like if you've looked at my past lineups, I've had some of the craziest artists, like my new wave trap show had Pierre Bourne on it. And I don't know if you know, Pierre Bourne, he's like, he literally produced on Jesus is King, but he's like a huge producer now. Um, like his biggest song probably to date is like Magnolia, but I don't know. He's just like amazing producer, but he was on that show cause he makes music too. Um, but yeah, I just been working with A3C for years. Um, last year, Chad did a beat battle with A3C. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I guess he was like nervous that it wasn't going to go well. So he was just like, Hey, can you check on this? Can you check on that? It's always helpful to have people on the ground. So I like checked in with a couple people to make sure things are moving correctly. He was nervous about the time slot they were giving him. So I kind of gave him some Intel about like how the Atlanta scene moves and like how it was just like a great place for him to be. And then I kind of helped him like give him some ideas for promo just on a very light way. But I guess it was like helpful to him. So he was like, Hey, do you want me to put your, your logo on the flyer? And I was like, definitely do it. Pulled up show was great. He had a really awesome beat battle. He had just some really talented producers. And so after that show, Chad may or may not confirm this, but this is 1000% <laughs> fact. And Hey, it's 1000% fact. I was like, Chad next year, you got to do like a whole festival, like the whole Christian side. Because basically this is the idea I gave him for that year. I was like, you could do it at Trackstar Studios. You could do feedback sessions. They could do line for line live. Artists can like perform for feedback. I said, and then we could do like an indie showcase. We could do a cypher for the freshmen that are, that you just like that, the freshman of 2018. And I was like, and then you could do a huge showcase with all the major names. And he was like, that's a good idea. And then didn't do anything about it. <laughs> so in like 2019, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but basically. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want him asking me to take this interview down. <laughs> no, he won't. That's the thing. Chad's my dude. He won't. And he's going to listen to this and laugh because he knows like I there's no cap in my rap. I have no reason to lie. But basically 2019, I heard that Rapzilla. I don't know how much I want to put myself out there. I heard Rapzilla had a showcase. Right. And so I was like, man, like Chad didn't want to ask me to help with his showcase this year. And like this is not like at all to brag or anything but I'm very like plugged into the Atlanta scene like 
like very, 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 very plugged in. There's not a room, and this is this is no joke. There's not a room that I can walk into in the music scene and not know at least five or six people, much less the whole room. Because Atlanta is a very close knit community where I've been working eight years in the scene, rock, hip hop. It's it's not hard. So for me, I'm connected to a lot of people, power players that pull the strings with stuff. So I heard that the showcase was happening, not from Chad. So I was kind of frustrated. And I'm like on the phone with Doc. Doc is one of my mentors. And we were talking about a previous tour. And then he was like, yo, how's it going? I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of actually a little bit frustrated. Like, I feel like Chad's going to take my idea and run with it. He was like, oh, he wouldn't do that. Chad's a cool guy. He's probably just trying to get everything together before he reaches out to you. And I was like, man, I don't know. People like to use my ideas. He's like, nah, you're good, man. Don't worry about it. So we hang up. And Doc texts me like five minutes later. He's like, Chad's about to call you. I was like, yo, Doc, relax. Like, (laughs) don't put me out there like that. And so Chad calls me and he's same thing. He's like, no, no, no. I really was trying to get everything together before. He's like, I wanted to make sure that we were submitted, whatever, whatever. He's like, I definitely want your help. So he was like, he he genuinely wanted to like work with me. So that was back in like, I think like May or June. So we spent like months, like months, just putting together like the thought process, whatever. And Chad thought he had a venue, couldn't get the venue. I know a lot of the venue owners and runners in Atlanta. So I just called my friend one night and I was, or actually I was at a, I was at a show and I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, yo, Chad can't find a venue. Can we use yours? And he was like, oh yeah. He ends up on the spot being like, if you come to me, if it's your show, Aaron, I'll give you like a $400 discount. So I immediately called Chad. It's like one o'clock in the morning in Atlanta. Two, it's like, I guess like 10 on the West Coast. I'm like, Chad, I know it's late. And I have him on speakerphone. I'm like, I'm here with my friend. He runs a venue. He's going to give us the location for this price. And Chad was like, let's do it. So we make the deal over the phone like that. And then everything was downhill from there. Um, Booking all the artists was literally me just texting all my friends like, hey, guys, I need y'all to be in Atlanta this weekend. And they were like, "Okay, cool. It just it was super duper duper organic. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was it was just a very fun experience. The Indie Showcase, Chad and Rapzilla really booked. But the main showcase was mostly just my homies, like really interested in like helping advance the culture. People, some people understand how big A3C is. Some people didn't, but they were just doing it for me. But it was just a really, really dope experience. It was a headache for sure. Cause we literally did essentially four activations. It was on the, over the course of two days, all day, both days, but it was, it was a really beautiful experience. I don't think there's everything ever been anything like that for Christian hip hop, um, in a secular space. Cause A3C is the biggest hip hop festival in America. Um, so for us to have two days and a full stage was like, like Hallmark. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, it's awesome seeing kind of the, the move and the wave of, you know, what we know as Christian hip hop to be flowing through the mainstream space. And right. you know, no telling if that's had any impact on, on, on Mr. West. Um, but, <laughs> you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, credit, you know, CHH for at least having some, some good quality music out there. Um, for sure. That people can hear and say, okay, these people have support in this area. Now, one, one question I did want to ask you about is, you know, you're not afraid to work with, with anybody who's mainstream. Um, right. So you work with, you know, Christian folks, mainstream folks. Is there anything, you know, because I think a lot of times people are like us versus them. What's your what's your mindset uh, being a Christian, uh, working with Christian artists? You know, obviously you're not ashamed of your faith, but working with maybe a person who doesn't share maybe the same values. Um, so my, my views are slightly nuanced. 
I won't get into bed, so to speak, with anybody who's not saved. Uh, so I'm not going to do any type of like long term management um, or like big like where I have to make a commitment to you for a really long time um, because uh, I've done it one time before and I saw how, um, you know, like I feel like the scripture talking about being unequally yoked is not just about marriage. Um, so it's like ultimately my my driving factor is not money. Um, it's like effectiveness. And so hence the Aaron effect. And I think that when you work with somebody whose ultimate goal is themselves, it'll eventually lead to you having lots of dissension. Even in Christendom, like everybody who's saved isn't focused on the gospel or Christ. So for me, if I'm saying that I have to work with you, I have to undeniably, if I'm working with you long-term, I undeniably have to know you're safe. Like that's, that's something I vet extensively. And then I tell people like, yo, if you stop, I've told Caleb multiple times, RG multiple times, when you stop loving Jesus, I'm going to love you. We'll be friends, but I can't work with you anymore. And that's also a result of the first band that I managed. They stopped loving Jesus and like got into like some really interesting world religions. And it was super hard for me to push them because I recognized that pushing them was pushing against the message of the gospel. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause they were, it was, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So I won't do that, especially as far as management, because you have to be with people so much. Uh, but when it comes to taking um, on jobs, like with things like A3C, like the program director is like my friend. She's the one who does all the programming. I text her all the time. I was at a private women's dinner with her last night. Like that doesn't bother me because um, I think that uh, the Bible calls us to be in the world and not of the world. I think it's really stupid and very strange when Christians don't want to be around anybody but Christians, because then your perspective is is very strange. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have a heart for people. You don't have an understanding of like how to talk to people or understand them. But also the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So if Airbnb wants to give me a bag because I'm good at what I do, I shouldn't be like, oh, it's not a Christian company. So, you know what I'm saying? So like people don't have a problem with things like Airbnb. But then when I tell people I've worked with Deep Eddie Vodka, suddenly everybody's like, oh my gosh. And I'm just like, People are drinking at parties anyways. If Deep Eddie Vodka wants to give a Christian $1,000 to throw a really cool event that Christian artists happen to be on just so we can hold their cups, I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I have a a very, like, radical mindset as far as, like, being out there. Do you know what I'm saying? I think uh, the vast majority of my friends and people who meet me know that I'm saved, know that I draw the line with a lot of different things, but I'm not going to limit it to the way that I move in the world. But I think there are very much boundaries. I used to be a lot more like free and open about it. And I saw how the sin was affecting my life um, and causing me to want to compromise. So I'm, I'm still very like, I try to limit the, some, some of the things that I take in some of the people that I work with, but I'm very open to working with major brands because like, I feel like if they're seeing me as a good business person, their thought process, once they get to know me, is like, oh, and she's a Christian. Versus Christians want you to lead with Christian and then be like, well, let me make a stance. I'm not going to work with this person, this person, this person. And I'm just like, that's not at all what Jesus was doing. Like, Jesus was walking into the most wretched places and changing lives, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, and we could go on hours about this, but, uh, you know, I see when, you know, I do believe that Christians have favor with the Lord and 
he will open doors that cannot be opened by man. Yes. And so if, if the world is looking at Christians like, hold on, wait, how in the world did yes. they get this to work out, that to work out, this, that, and the other? It's like, it's like how did Def Jam call you and you were signed within seven weeks? That's yeah, like yeah, when I tell yeah. people, people are like, yeah, Kayla's been working for years. I'm like, no, that's God. Do you right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like that's that right there. That's that's favor right there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a great example. Well, Aaron, this has been a great conversation. I'm gonna have to have you back on just to talk more about <laughs> how you do tour production, tour management, uh, because I think that's a, you know, and, and I've talked to some people before. But love to get your your experience on it and what you do, um, because I think you know you have a you have a lot of wisdom, uh, just a lot of brains to be shared, <laughs> and so I, I respect you. Thank I, you. I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm glad you were able to do this again. And so, is there anything you want? Any last minute advice or anything you want to give folks out there? Um, just any final thoughts at all. Yes, I'm going to give it a tidbit to all the artists and then a tidbit to all the business people. Tidbit to artists, you'll attract a manager if you're doing the right thing. So stop looking for somebody to help you offload the work. Create so much work that somebody wants to work with you, mm. okay? So that's the first tidbit to artists. Managers, don't be so quick to work with somebody just to say that you're a manager. Find somebody that you align with and somebody that you believe in, somebody that you would work with for free if they never popped and then run hard with them. But their work ethic has to match your work ethic or you're just going to get burned out. So, yeah, I think those are my two tidbits. One last question. One last question. Yes, sir. I was going to ask you earlier, but I forgot. Are, are, are you allowed to share any artists that you're looking at right now or that you're really enjoying? Even if you're not looking at them to work with, is there anybody that you're really digging right now? Okay, on the work with side, I'm never looking to work with artists, but always looking. I tell people that all the time. Like, I'm never like, oh, I should, like, sign a new... Like, never. I just wanted it to be Caleb, and it just so happened in the last three months, I've picked up three more artists. So that just happens if it's like, wow. Do you know right, what I'm right. saying? Um, artists that I'm looking at, like, you mean, like, listening to yeah, right now? Yeah, just anybody who might be out there in the CHH Yo, V-Rose. V-Rose is crazy. Like, Wande put me on to her. Um... Cause I had never heard her stuff before, so I'm listening to V Rose right now. She's super fire. Um, I'm listening to John Keith a lot right now. I wasn't a fan of him when he first came out, but when he put out Olympus, I just like crazy. I'm listening to Dill's um, lowercase tape. Sorry, y'all can't hear it yet. Just one more day. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, I feel like I want to tell you one more. Who's one more person? Oh. There's a guy named Wolf. He's in Miami. He's friends with Aklesso. I listen to Aklesso all the time, too. Aklesso has so much good music and has not put it out. Like, I listen to Aklesso's unreleased tracks, like, weekly. He has so much good music. But there's a guy he works with out of Miami named Wolf. It's W-X-L-F. Kid is so fire. And he's um, Dominican, so he's going to start rapping in Spanish soon. He's just, like, super, super, super duper good. Awesome, awesome. Well, appreciate you, Aaron, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, not eat up too much more of your time. So <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thank you so much, Jason. Hopefully we'll get you back on soon because I know people are going to love this and they're going to request it. So, yeah, um, looking forward to seeing what comes out of uh, out of Aaron Knight, Aaron Effect. Uh, we might have to look closer because you're going to be pulling your name off of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time, I hope you uh, wish you all the blessings in the world. Thank you. Alrighty, that was the interview with Aaron Knight.
from the Aaron Effect. Uh, Aaron, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you taking the time. And we had said at the beginning of the show, like, she was grateful that someone was giving, uh, you know, a woman a voice to be able to, to, to share wisdom and knowledge and stuff. And uh, I just got to say, like, some of the smartest people that I've met have been women. So I don't know if there is a stigma or stereotype that people have against ladies in, in the business world. But, you know, as you can hear from a Butter P interview, Risha Chesterfield, uh, Aaron Knight, amongst others that I've had on the show, uh, there's a lot of wisdom there. So make sure you stay tuned in to these ladies on or tuned in. You know, follow them on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff to make sure you're getting some uh, some great wisdom that they're sharing along their journey. Because uh, I believe it will benefit you. It will help you in your journey as well. And, uh, again, shout out True Strength Apparel. Track Stars, Track Stars Podcast Network. Uh, very grateful to be a part of that. Very honored and humble to uh, for them to be able to give. See, the thing is, is when you spend you know almost fifteen years creating a platform, you know you're you're building that platform, and then you give somebody else access to that. It gives them a way uh, a head start, way before and beyond what you started with. And uh, and so that's why I really respect a lot of these platforms out there who are helping people out. So. Uh, again, shout out to the track stars team for doing what they do. And, um, and the other shows on the podcast network, make sure you check them out. Solomon's porch podcast, which is another show that I'm a part of Eminem live radio to five twenty collective track Stars show. And so make sure you check all of them out and go support them. And hopefully we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another great interview. And until then, always remember the more you learn, the more, you know, the more you know, the more you grow. Thanks and God bless.